Are you okay? Don't care. Great. Bring on the bubbly. Babe. <laughs> Podsters, welcome back to the show. This is Teeny, and I'm coming to you from Toronto in my condo. That's right. I'm home. I realize I owe you all an extreme life update because the last time you heard from me, I was on a boat. However, there is something extremely important, pertinent, relevant that has come to my attention and that has also been requested that I talk about. Love is Blind, season three. So cringe. It's so, it was cringe the first time. And now it's taken on a life of its own. (laughs) Social media, the internet is on fire over this. So I couldn't help but weigh in as well. It's so wildly entertaining. So bad you can't look away. So mindless. We know. I'm a part of the problem. But you're also part of the problem for tuning in, so let's get into it. For those of you that don't know, I, (laughs) and didn't waste like six hours of your life tuning into my Instagram story on Wednesday, the final episodes, including the reunion of Love is Blind and season three, came out, and I had watched them late that night. Okay, so this was on Thursday. My Instagram story was on Thursday. And I was flabbergasted. I spent, I went to bed because I was like, I have to sleep on this. And then I spent all of Thursday going down a 24-hour spiral because not only did I go to bed thinking about Love is Blind, I woke up thinking about Love is Blind. And it was very comforting to know that a lot of you were also on a similar journey as well as everyone on social media, especially TikTok, we know. And it was quite comforting to know that I was not alone just makes me wonder like how bored and sad we really all are like can we not talk about anything important or is this like a pivotal moment in reality tv I took it so far yesterday that I actually ended up without realizing eating two cuties mini clementines before (laughs) my dinner it is clementine season after all and I always buy them this time of year but it's just so funny that the show was literally living rent free in my head all day I started peeling the oranges and then I was like oh my god (laughs) except Raph wasn't there to make a comment about it um so (laughs) Now, before I went to bed, I took a bath on Wednesday and I was chatting with my girl Tash and she was like, Teeny, I love you, but like, what's your actual hot take? Because on Instagram, I was kind of like, I'm not taking sides, like unpacking this and unpacking that. Of course, I'm referencing the cutie story between Cole and Zenob. And I was like, you know what, bitch? Fine. I'll podcast about it. Everyone else is talking about it. So I'm going to talk about it too. I have my notes, believe it or not, guys. I haven't written extensive notes like this for an episode in a while. So you are going to go on the ride of your motherfucking life. (sighs) I also love my girlfriends. Like, they better call me out and be like, no, what's your actual hot take? And it's just like, I think we're all like afraid of having an opinion sometimes about these things because it is kind of like controversial. But at the end of the day, who gives a fuck? Um, So before we begin couple of things I do want to address just to get all of my ducks in a row and to make sure nobody comes for me. I am a straight cis woman discussing straight cis relationships and also friendly reminder that I'm that when I'm making observations about these people I'm talking about I'm not talking about all men and all women like I realize it's not everyone you know and at the end of the day this is a tv show. The only difference is like they're actors, but they're actually like just like acting like themselves in like a very heightened environment. Like reality TV is truly like such a mind fuck because like as an actor myself, if someone's like commenting on my performance or my interpretation of a role, like whatever. Sure, it stings. It hurts. Don't care. But to constantly like be attacked for your actual character, like God, I hope they're providing them with all of the therapy in the world. And clearly I need some, some, some as well. 
Um, so I'm also going to stand by the fact that I'm not going to pick sides. Like truly, I, I actually can't. And the reason why we can't really pick sides is because we won't know the truth, right? And we'll truly never know the truth. And something that I love to say and always stand by is that there are three sides to every fucking story. His, hers, and the truth. And so we'll truly just never know. So we're making like, we're we're outside the fishbowl and we're like staring at the fish and we're just like commenting on it, right? So I just wanted to kind of like get that off my chest and just remember that like, you know, this is an edited masterpiece this season. And speaking of editing, editing is truly the main character in this story. And TikTok is a supporting actor at this point. <laughs> so first of all, <laughs> if you do anything today, you need to go watch Lizzo's TikToks. Uh, they were sending me. The way she kept talking about Bartiz, she was calling him like all sorts of things. She's like Bartholomew, Bartleby. And I was just like, wow, this is fucking funny. So go take a look. Um, I was, I was loving it. So I think it's safe to say that if we like with time and time again, with like reality TV and reality TV stars is like remembering the way that they're edited. Like they always love to talk about it. Like I was edited into this monster, but at the end of the day, like those things still came out of your mouth, no matter how you slice it. But at the end of the day, we all say stupid shit and we all get caught up in the moment. And if we were in their shoes being heavily influenced by like producers and like each other and kind of the like grandeur of it all. I mean, I, I, I don't even want to know how I would act on reality TV, but hey, it would probably put me on the map just like it's put all of these motherfuckers on the map. Um, we also just like don't really know them. And honestly, I'm sure they're wonderful people, broken but wonderful, with a lot of work to do, as we all do. And like I said earlier, like, I really just hope that they're provided with therapy at the end of this. I was actually, like, reading up on Zeneb and she, like, an article or, like, an interview that she did that she posted yesterday. And she was like, yeah, I've been in therapy for a year ever since the wedding. And I'm like, great. That's, like, so important because I can only imagine, like finishing wrapping up filming and then having an entire year to process it and then all of a sudden boom all of America the entire world is watching everyone's commenting and it's like oh my god it all comes flooding back um like what can really prepare you for the backlash of social media like honestly nothing um so <laughs> clearly I'm a part of the problem but you guys know I, I mean no harm and I'm just joking and here I am look at me the people pleaser at it again let me just get to it okay and I, one more thing, I'm sure my mind would change if I knew the entire story and I saw how these people were off camera and I was able to actually judge their character in the moment because it, it seems like all of the girls love each other. It seems like the boys, you know, for the most part, like each other and enjoy each other. So I'm like, okay, so they're all getting along and like, for the most part, aside from Cole and Bartiz, like have each other's backs. Um, plus... I've never actually podcasted about pop culture. <laughs> Not that they're pop stars or have any talent whatsoever, but they are in the limelight. So it's going to be fun. Like I've never done something like this. So I'm excited to get into it. Gone are the days where <laughs> we laugh about Gianna falling to her death in her wedding dress on season two when that like butthead fiance of hers said no to her. I don't even remember his name, the redhead. And here we are now unpacking abortion and body image this season. And let's be real. The only thing Netflix ha Netflix has to thank for this show blowing up in the first place a couple of years ago was the pandemic. Because we were all living like such a nightmare we had to watch something even worse on tv so here we are and then r.i.p season two like nobody gives a fuck about what happened on season two um y'all got the the short end of the stick so the biggest thing i got from this train wreck of a season was the massive lesson in self-awareness that needs to take place there is nothing 
like watching yourself royally fuck up in front of the entire world on TV and then have everyone have a say about it. I just think this is like a massive lesson in how everything and anything can be interpreted differently based on your experience and truth. Like no one's going to have the same experience based on their background, based on their fucking brain and emotional capacity, right? Like let's just honestly, let's furthermore, this is a lesson in goddamn self-love. The crippling insecurity that the majority of these people possess on this show is honestly troubling. Like we give people way too much power over how we feel about ourselves. And like shout out to Nancy because her fiance literally ripped her to shreds, left her at the altar, and she still stood tall in herself. Like I'm sure she's dealing with it behind closed doors, but that woman has her shit all the way together. And I'm like, ladies, take a look, you know? Aside from her hairdo at the reunion, like that was unforgivable, but love you, girl. Love you. (laughs) Now, really quick before we get into the juicy shit, the worst thing about these weddings has got to be the budget, the decor, the plastic flowers, the recycled venue. I'm like, I get it. But I'm like, guys, it's season three. You're going to tell me you don't have a budget at this point? Come on. Alexa clearly comes from money that was not the wedding her dad would have wanted to give her. Like, I was just like, wow, this is so bad, but whatever. It's a TV show, we know. So getting into the reunion, guys, podsters. The funniest thing about watching the reunion after you watch the season, because it's usually quite short for us, meanwhile, for them, there's like an entire year in between, is the glow up they all give the looks they were giving I'm like it's like the post breakup moment the like I'm now a social media star I have a following so all of a sudden I know how to contour my face and I got lip filler which is amazing get after it hello but it's just so painfully obvious to me and I just love it because I'm here for it and it's just like interesting how much of like a drastic difference it is I'm like whoa hello hi guys great Except for Cole. He looked like shit, but we're going to get into that later. Um, So when I finished the reunion on Wednesday, I was literally speechless, like I said, because I didn't know where I stood. And I was like, clearly, we are missing a piece of this puzzle, right? Like, who are the liars? Specifically talking about Cole and Zay, I'm like, who's lying here? Yes, we saw the cutie story. And yes, I'm going to unpack that. Um, but it's just so clear that they each had their own truth and their own interpretation, but it's also really clear that someone is lying. Like justice for Cole. First of all, on social media, everyone's like justice for Cole. Are you guys okay? It's not like he was murdered. Like (laughs) it's a fucking dating show that you all agreed to go on and you all fucked up on. Great. Like, enough with that. Like, I get it. He's being blasted. But let's not call it, like, justice for Cole. Tanya called me. and She's like, justice for Cole. I was like, Tan, shut up. (laughs) So when I'm talking about lying, I'm specifically talking about the, the after party that took place after the bachelor party off camera. Zay said... At the reunion, at the reunion that Cole told her that he got another girl's number and that he wanted to kiss her at the after party because he was about to get married, yada, 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 something along those lines. Cole claims that never happened and he never told Zay that. He was like standing by, he's like, that never happened. I never told you that. And she's like, yes, it did. And yes, you told me. And all of the guys were there too, kind of thing. And it was so cringe to watch all of these guys like kind of hang him out to dry like nobody backing him up and again they don't have to because clearly he's like the black sheep of the group but I'm just like where's the support from your fellow bros like clearly there's like a crazy girl gang going on here and you guys have the ability to clear this up right away meanwhile like SK is like rubbing his back so cute What I really loved about that that moment was Raven, who actually, like, stepped in and she was like, no, you guys all know where you went after the bachelor party. Hello? Like, clear it up. 
you know, because she's not a woman of many words unless she's doing jumping jacks. And, you know, then there's Brennan who claims that he was wasted and doesn't remember. And then Matt claims that he just got in an Uber. And I'm like, okay, while he's literally sitting on Colleen, which I'll get into later. And I'm like, yo, you guys have the ability to clear this up right now. And you're all just going to like, like dance around it like if you're gonna bring up shit that happened off camera then own it like talk about it or don't it was super annoying because now the audience is left to make assumptions and attack all of them online and finish writing the story for themselves when it could have easily been told I'm like what happened who's lying we need to know everyone was hating on Cole anyway why not like at this point I'm like if everyone's hating on him why not just say he cheated on her? Or why not just like take a little bit of the heat off him and be like, that never happened. Seems like everyone's going to hate him regardless. So I'm just like, yo, I just, I just wish we knew the, the truth. And another incident of lying is like, I saw this, uh, E interview. It's really annoying because I cannot find it for the life of me now, but I saw it and I was like, wait, it's an interview where this woman is interviewing all of the women at once and an interview where she's interviewing all of the men at once. And she blatantly asks Zenup. she goes, have you spoken to Cole? Have you guys talked? Has he apologized? What's happened since the wedding? And she's like, nope, I haven't heard from him. We have not spoken. Then she asks him in a separate interview with all of the men. And she's like, hey, did this like, did you reach out to Zenup? Have you apologized to her? And he's like, yeah, we've spoken. Yeah, we've texted. And then at the reunion, he's like, that's why I never texted you. I, I, I couldn't. I was broken. And I'm like, okay, so which one is it? So you never spoke to her? But now you're telling this interviewer that you did? Or is Zenup lying? Like, what's going on? I'm like, guys, the lying, it's like really irritating me. And so I'm like, okay, okay, the lying, not a huge fan, but whatever. <sighs> Bartice and Nancy. Let's start with you two, shall we? Boy, did that guy get off easy because all of the heat was on Cole. And Nancy is an angel set from up above. And the world and the cast are simply too distracted unpacking the impact of two motherfucking Clementines. And so here we are. Bartice. I think he is conventionally attractive, of course, and he clearly thinks he's like hot shit. He probably always gets what he wants. And at the end of the day, he said really damaging things to Nancy. Like that honeymoon scene where he tells her that Raven is his type and they make more sense. And in the real world, they would like be together. And she just sat there and took it. It was like really hard to watch. And he was like, are you okay with me being that honest? And she just like nodded. And clearly he has no filter. And Nancy even brought that up. She's like, it's brutal fucking honesty. But do I think Nancy let that completely destroy her? No. Do I think she's heartbroken? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, that bitch knows who she is and she has her shit together and she knows what she wants and she has a protective family to back her up. And so she's probably like already moved on, you know? Um, I'm not worried about her like I am the rest of the cast and myself for that matter. Um, I won't lie though, her TikToks send me. There's nothing like a millennial who gets like some sort of fame and then feels like they have to keep up so they start posting TikToks and like the dancing doesn't even match the music. It's so great. I love it. Um, so go take a look. Um, okay, what did I say here? Um, so yeah, I surprisingly don't have a lot to say about them just because I'm like, okay, Bartice is like clearly remorseful, I guess, for how he was portrayed. He's ashamed. He apologized. He didn't try to backpedal like he would always do during filming. And I'm like, okay, maybe there's some growth there. I'll take it. Whatever. And Loki, he was the only one to back up Cole at the reunion when it comes to Zeneb because he was like, hey, Zeneb, when did you know? that you were going to say no to Cole. And she's like, I, I was just going to say no, like in the moment, like I, I, I wasn't sure until I saw him kind of thing was the narrative that she painted. But I think it's all safe to say that like she knew it was rehearsed. She knew what she was going to say. She speaks really eloquently. Like I will, I will hand that to her. She's really well-spoken, but I'm like, girl, come on. Like you knew there's no fucking way you didn't know. Um, so I've also been asked to 
discuss the accusation that the girls made about him meeting up with this blonde two days after his failed wedding. And the girls saw it on Instagram and then they brought it up at the reunion. And I'm not defending him here, okay? Let me be clear. I'm not defending him. But what man doesn't get under another woman the minute he gets his heart broken? It's a tale as old as time. Because if we're looking at my track record, that's exactly what happened with every guy I was ever with. Serious relationship or not, piece of shit or not, um, that happened when we, when we called things off. Hell, most of them were doing it during our relationship. Like, do I think it's wildly disrespectful? Absolutely. Would I ever do it? No. But I'm just saying, I'm not surprised in the slightest. And I don't think Bartise has to admit to anything he did off camera if nobody else is going to. And if Alexa gets to bring that up and her husband doesn't have to admit where they all went after the bachelor party, I'm like, kind of like, okay, guys, let's not be hypocrites here. Let's keep and hold everyone accountable at the same standard, whether the experiment worked for them or not. That was kind of like rubbing me the wrong way. But alas, let's get into the abortion topic. And I want to tread lightly, of course, because I am Canadian. And as much as this is a direct threat to women across the world, it's not a direct threat to me in my country at this time. And I think we all know how influential the states are and at the end of the day, I want any women out there to know that, like, if you ever need help with any of that in Canada, I am happy to help. Just wanted to get that out there. And, um, yeah, I think it's that I think it's important for me to check my privilege there, but also know that, like, damn, this is a this is a big, big topic to throw into the season. And like, clearly it felt planted for me. Um, by the producers. And I think that's important because I think it's smart to represent our current climate on TV. And I don't even want to discuss Bartise's family when it comes to that because they're clearly pro-life. What I want to, like the crying sister guys, I was like, no, can we not give her her moment? Absolutely not. But what I do want to talk about is Bartise and Nancy's take on it. So Nancy flat out asked Bartise whether he would consider aborting a child in a planned pregnancy who would be born with any potential disabilities like Down syndrome because we can check for those things now. And he flat out said no. He's like, no, I would raise the child and love the child no matter what they were born with was his narrative. Whereas Nancy said that she would abort the child because she works in a field where she sees it firsthand and she wouldn't want for any suffering for that child or for family. She has a completely different relationship with that. Now, Correct me if I'm wrong. There is a difference between being pro-life altogether and being pro-choice but wanting to keep a child who was born with disabilities. Like, I just want to, I just don't know if we should be painting Bartise as this, like, pro-life psychopath. You know what I mean? I'm like, but nonetheless, it was interesting. I think it was, like, a really, it felt like a safe conversation, which I enjoyed. Like, I was like, okay, there's no, like, attacking going on here. And, And then they all kind of brought it up at the reunion, but I don't know. It was it was just interesting, and I appreciated some depth to the show, if that makes sense. And his family, help, 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 help. <sighs> deep breath, deep breath. It's time for Colleen and Matt. Guys, I can't even say their names without laughing. Like, okay, Colleen has no depth. She even said it herself, right? She said she was cringe when she loved she's like it's so cringy but I love him it's like sweetie I hope you love him you're about to marry him how is that cringy how old are you but again you know as a dancer myself I know exactly the kind of girl she is based on what I saw on the show you know well raised heart of gold good family pretty little like disciplined ballerina girl who grew up in the studio and like probably never left her hometown you know like that's what that was giving me and Matt on the other hand there are massive accusations being made about him like massive and I think we all know that the internet is a wild wild place um but trigger warning for domestic abuse and domestic violence and emotional abuse for that matter 
uh, it's just really interesting how it wasn't even remotely addressed at the reunion. And this is something that like everyone is talking about his outbursts, his controlling behavior, the way he looks at her, talks to her, touches her, their body language, that kind of thing. And maybe the show just doesn't want to give any power to it because there's, it's not true. And I'd like to think that if she was in a dangerous situation that all of those girls would say something right like I, I I would like to think that but again crazier things have happened and even Raven weighed into it on t- on TikTok she was like guys enough like I don't know why you're like get, jumping down their throats they're happy and in love like she kind of like indirectly addressed it so I was like okay I, I can rest a little easier knowing that but at the same time he is controlling like based on what we saw and Matt's got a lot of pain and anger surrounding his past and infidelity Hell, I want to hear from the ex who got pregnant with another man. I'm like, girl, we need your story because you could clearly clear the air for us. And if you want to put my podcast in the map, please reach out to me. I would love to interview you. <laughs> it was 11-11 yesterday, so let's manifest the fuck out of this. Um, so here's the thing about Matt, guys. He, just like Zay, is projecting all of his fears, past traumas, insecurities onto his current partner. It was so clear to me. And if I could use myself for a second, pull the old self-awareness card out, because I did say that's the biggest lesson to learn here, (laughs) because we have to learn lessons on Are You Okay? Because I'm not okay. Um, Before I met Raph, when I met Raph, I was very vocal about my past and how wronged I had been by men. Every relationship, whether it be a committed relationship, whether it be a situationship with boundaries, whether it be a relationship with no labels, gray area ladies, don't ever do that. That's when things get messy and it gives them an excuse to fuck up. But alas, flings, it's they always ended in them cheating on me. And I don't know if I've actually talked about this on the podcast before. Quite vulnerable for me. And a huge part of my past and a huge part of, like, my trauma with, like, men in relationships. And when I met Raph, I, I, I completely projected that onto him. Like, I was like a hawk whenever we would go out and anyone looked at him or he looked at someone. Uh, I'm not proud of it, eh, guys? Like, I, it, it's not a good look, but I'm just being honest here. I would, um, like, anytime his Instagram, like, DM message sound would go off on his phone, like, I got a pit in my stomach thinking it was another girl. Like, that's what we're, that's the kind of shit I was dealing with behind closed doors. And anytime alcohol got involved, I would just, like, take it out on him. And I've apologized for this, of course. And, like, we have uh, fucking moved mountains since then. But, you know, they are not responsible for everything that happened to you up, up to that point. Sure, be honest about it. Be upfront about it. Get into therapy. Have your partner work with you. Discuss those boundaries. But do not fucking explode when they go out with the girls. Like, are you okay, bro? Like, ugh. It just... It really, really rubbed me the wrong way. I was like, oh, damn, Matt. We we would not work, baby boo. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. And so I truly think Zay is doing the same thing there when it comes to Cole and her insecurities, which we'll get to later. So let's talk about the way he was, like, literally sitting on her. PSA, Raph, do never, no, don't ever sit on me like that in front of people. Maybe if we're cuddling and stuff like that. But Raph's always, always hot, so he would never do that. But he was literally sitting on her, guys. And she just looked so uncomfortable. And again, she could easily be super anxious, very uncomfortable, because <laughs> clearly she feels an immense amount of shame surrounding the great pool party incident of 2022, where Cole and Colleen were flirting because she looked like she was going to burst into tears when they played that clip. Um, And I don't even really want to discuss that scene because I'm like, clearly it was built up sexual tension. The producers were playing a role, I'm sure. Although I would kill my fiance if he just disrespected me like that on, on TV. But again, are they really fiancés, guys? Like, come on, they just met. They're on TV. And it's just like, you have to laugh because I know... 
that what they're experiencing is all very real for them because they're in this like heightened environment bachelor and bachelorette style. But it's just hilarious. And like this was clearly like planted and like they both overstepped and like now their partners are going to like burn them at the stake for it. Um, I also hated how when Nick and his... (laughs) Nick Lachey, guys, is he okay? (laughs) The hosts of the show, are they okay? Like taking it so seriously and taking it back to their lives. I'm like, guys, come on. You know nothing about this, but whatever. They also just like pop in at the most like inopportune times. I'm like, are you guys really the hosts of this show? Um, So they asked Matt and Colleen how they were doing. Like, how's married life? And the first thing Matt does is, like, address all of the conflict that they went through during the season. And I'm like, that's not what they're asking, guys. Like, and I know that they probably feel really insecure about it and are like, we need to clear the air. But they didn't actually clear the air. And it was just like, oh, God. They were, like, dancing around it. She looks super uncomfortable. She's fidgeting. Her eyes are, like, wandering. And I'm like, okay, she's clearly uncomfortable. But I, I don't know, guys. At the end of the day, I really hope that they're okay and actually in love and there's been some growth there because what people are saying is actually fucking scary. Um, So yeah, unpopular observation that only a starving artist like myself would make. And Lee Lee Hollis and I unpacked this immediately when we talked. Moment of silence for Matt outing Colleen's hustle as a Dancer, Matt, let America believe that she is a major ass full-time ballerina. Good God. As an actor, I felt triggered because like the average artist does have multiple jobs and lots of downtime where they're not performing. But I would kill Rath if he went on TV and was like, yeah, Teeny's a very talented actor, but you don't see her and her multiple breakdowns over her career and getting up to walk dogs and then serving assholes at a restaurant that night and then rushing home to do a self-tape at midnight and, you know, when she's not working. I'm like, oh my God, come on. Poor girl looks so uncomfortable the entire time. And then when they didn't move in together when they got married because she didn't want to lose out on her deposit or screw over her roommates or, like, her lease, I'm like, girl, rent in Dallas can't be that bad okay come to Toronto like it's just so funny it just makes you realize like oh these people really are just like regular people and they're not going to become millionaires just because they were on tv it's just like very humbling moment I would love to know what some of you thought of that or if you picked up on that like Lee and I did Okay, let's move on to Alexa and Brennan. I think like most people, I honestly don't have much to say about them because they had a pretty like vanilla journey, which is actually nice and refreshing for once. Um, They seem happy. And, you know, Alexa definitely wears the pants and also picks out Brennan's pants at this point because he's got, he's done a serious glow up, which I can appreciate. And um, Brennan, okay, so what I didn't, really like about them at the reunion was like the holier than thou attitude that was presented it's like we get it we know you're married we know it worked for you but like they just kind of kept like interjecting and interrupting it was only a couple of times I'm being dramatic but like and I don't know it was very much just like throwing gasoline on the fire and like watching everybody else burn and I'm like guys like let's let's have a little empathy here and aren't these people your friends um But yeah, I just thought it was a little bit tacky. But hey, I can appreciate a girl gang moment every now and then. Like she was backing up Zeneb every, you know, chance she could. And I can also appreciate Brennan like backing up his fiance and like the journey that they went on. I'm like, okay, you know what? Whatever. Let's move on. They're kind of boring at this point. But I do like them. I do. I do. Oh, I need a sip of water before I get into you know what? I can't believe we've been, oh my God, 33 minutes. Oh, wow. Okay, this is going to be a long one. We've got a lot to say, people. Okay, hot take on Cole, all right? To me, and I'm sure there's much more depth to him. There's much more depth to all of these people. We know that. But to me on the show, he was giving me like white Christian boy who, you know, probably never had anything that bad actually happen to him aside from his parents not wanting to come to his wedding and meet his fiance. (laughs) 
But it was just clear to me that he, he hadn't really suffered in his lifetime because he's really goofy. He's got like a really like fun, positive outlook on life. You know, he's clearly immature, which I was like, okay, great. Like every show needs this energy. And maybe that's like a bold observation to make about him, but I because I don't actually know him. But I don't remember him like trauma bonding with anyone in the pods or like unpacking anything. So I could be wrong here. But at the end of the day, I think it's safe to say that he has zero self-awareness like zero because we know men say stupid shit we know they don't think like us we know and he is the president of the men say stupid shit committee like I don't even like he was like villainizing and weaponizing mental health like he's got a lot of growth to do we know that I just I I don't think he's a bad person or a stupid person. I just think he lacks uh, emotional maturity. And I'm sorry, but a lot of men do. And come for me all you want. Just like men are technically, on average, physically stronger than women, we are technically, on average, emotionally stronger. Right? And I I don't think that's an absurd observation to make. So that was, like, very clear to me with him. Now, hot take on Zay. The first thing I noticed about her, aside from her crippling insecurity, was how major she is. Stunning, established, well-spoken, and has clearly lived. She's a woman of color. She lost both her parents at a really young age. Like, I can't even imagine the shit that, the shit that she's grappled with. And it's sad because the first thing I noticed about her, guys, was her insecurity before any of this drama happened. It was something I noticed right away. Just just because of the way that she spoke to herself. It was so obvious to me. Because like Tinks says, comparison is the thief of joy. It was really obvious in moments when she was like interacting with Cole. He would say how beautiful she looked. And the first thing she would say would be like, even with without makeup on. And you would just, like, constantly see her, like, contouring her face and doing, like, a full face of makeup for the pool party, which is totally fine. But then she used it as as an excuse to not get in the pool. It's like, babe, we know why you don't want to get in the pool. You're 32. Get in the fucking pool and have some fun. You don't need to be a size 2 to enjoy a pool party. Take it from me. You don't see Alexa acting like that. And she's also not a size 2, right? It's like... Uh, the the negative self-talk because it truly has nothing to do with size it has everything to ha- to do with how you feel about yourself and how you see yourself in the mirror it all comes down to how you talk to yourself and the stories that you're writing in your head about yourself plus she never let that pool party incident go she never let it go she let it fuel her journey with Cole like literally she like pushed that narrative till the end of time and she wrote this story in her head that that's why Cole wasn't physically attracted to her because she's not good enough because he liked Colleen yada 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 and all those things did happen and then listen I want to make something very clear it's okay to not want to let something go but then if you're not going to let it go don't let it go and let that be it that's where their journey should have ended because she truly couldn't get past it and listen I've forgiven guys in the past but also not moved past it if that makes sense like I've forgiven them but then I've been like okay this is the end of the road for us because I can't get past that and that's okay right and I just I I honestly wish we could have seen one of the couples do that because it would have saved them so much pain and it's like listen how powerful to like choose yourself in that moment and be like you know what no I don't deserve this and I have a lot of work to do but I think it's safe to say that we know that didn't happen um moving on right what do I have written here okay (sighs) all right oh another thing was Cole said at the reunion he was like Yeah, I mean, the way we were edited, like, I was edited to look really, really stupid and immature, and she was edited to look really naggy, but it it really wasn't like that. And I'm sure there's a lot of truth to that, right? It's like they don't show everything. They can't show everything. I'm sure they would film from fucking 7 a.m. till midnight, right? There was a lot of content, content there. 
And that's why this shit takes a year to edit into like a masterpiece. It's just so painfully obvious. And that's what was so interesting about the cutie story. The great Clementine incident of 2022. Yeah, I'm going to call them Clementines. We don't call them cuties here in Canada unless I'm stupid. I don't know. But that's what was so interesting for me, guys, was when they played that unedited clip at the end of the reunion, I was like, oh, because it was so boring kind of like there were no bells and whistles to the scene it's just so obvious that editing plays such a big role because they're able to add music and add reactions that probably didn't happen in that actual scene and I was just like kind of watching it unfold and they kind of played like a big chunk of the scene before the incident and it was it was really cute like Cole was like talking about he was like, you know, we can fly to, to Europe to, to meet your family on your mom's side and then your dad's side. Like, he was trying to, like, incorporate, you know, like, including her family, even though her parents have passed after they got married. And she was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was just like, clearly she was having a bad day. And hell, we, we know why she was having a bad day because she wasn't fucking eating. Hell, Raph knows not to fuck with me if I am hungry, okay? So clearly she wasn't in the best of spirits. And then... You know, this the, the the scene happened. The cuties moment happened, okay? So once again, I think it's really important to remember there are three sides to every story. His, hers, and the truth. And everyone is going to interpret things differently within themselves, within their own experience, yada, yada, yada. We know, Teeny, okay? So... Let's uh, backpedal a little bit. I've already addressed the lying between these two, which is so obvious. I'm like, who's telling the truth? We need to know. Please clear it up for us. And we know that Zay had a completely different experience in this relationship than Cole. We know. We saw that. Um, We also saw (laughs) during their failed wedding how Zay laid into Cole and how blindsided he claims he was. And honestly, I think he was because again, we we know that he says stupid shit and he's not the smartest, yada, yada, yada. He was really upset. He was really upset, which was only a prelude for his fucking breakdown that he was going to have at the reunion. Okay. And hot take, hot take here, guys. Zeneb praying over their relationship and all of their friends and family that were at the wedding only to humiliate him in the end really rubbed me the wrong way okay honey stick it to the man all you want but not in the name of god like that is fucked up to me the christianity of it all that kept getting thrown around meanwhile all of these people are like treating each other horribly not very christian but again (laughs) i realize that's a double standard and my bible camp days will only take me so far so moving on during the reunion you can see that Zay is so sure that this clip was such a controversial moment during filming that she claims Cole was so lucky that Netflix didn't air it. Meanwhile, on the other hand, you have Cole who was so so sure he never said those things and begs for Netflix to air it. And oh my God, did they ever. So here we are. Cole proceeds to have a breakdown when Zay brings this up at the reunion and he's like why didn't you tell me if you were so miserable why didn't you tell me if I single-handedly shattered your self-confidence why didn't you tell me it's kind of like he has a point I'm kind of like girl like if you were suffering that much why weren't you just honest there's gotta be some sort of incentive to get to the altar on this show and I know we'll never know but I was like honestly like you know He has a point because we know they're simple creatures. We know if we don't tell them, they don't know, babe. And I know this is like a really big like journey that she's gone on. And like God only knows what happened off camera. Maybe Alexa is onto something there. But I just and maybe she just like didn't have the strength. You know, that's that's a possibility, too. Like we really just don't know. But all to say, it was so hard to watch, right? I think we can all agree that it was really hard to watch. And for her to say that she loves him and would do it all over again, I'm like, babe, haven't you had enough? Oh, God. Okay. 
I think it's time that we get into my unfiltered initial reaction to the scene, like my actual hot take. And I'm going to be super transparent here, guys, and super vulnerable. So here we go. Uh, I was pretty confused coming into the scene because so much had happened at the reunion and people were lying and I honestly didn't really know who to believe. But I'll be honest with you guys, I'm always going to be rooting for the girl. I'm a woman who's been, you know, scorned before. So I was kind of like, oh, it's probably him. He's probably the problem. She's a really smart girl. You know, like I was kind of already biased, if that makes sense. And um, of course... <laughs> Right off the bat, I did notice how cute Cole was being, but I also kind of lost interest in the scene because it was a long scene and I was a little stoned too. And I was like, okay, like uh, how bad can this really be? And then I'm like, okay, where is it? When is he going to say it? When is he going to say it? And she pulled out the oranges. First of all, they were already, already snacking together. They were both eating together. And I think that's an interesting point. And she pulled out the oranges and she was like, are you... And he goes, are you going to eat those two oranges? And she was like, yeah, do you have a problem with that? Like she immediately jumped to the negative, right? Because to her, she had a visceral reaction to that comment. That comment was triggering no matter how he meant it. Whether he meant it like, please don't eat that because you're fat. Or whether he meant it like, oh, don't ruin your supper, babe. Or did he mean it? Hey, can I have one of those? Like, we just don't know. But again, stupid shit, not thinking. Clearly the conversation wasn't flowing. Clearly it was him just like, right? Like that's what I kind of got from it. But I will not lie to you guys. I was triggered when I heard it too. And I went, ooh, he shouldn't have said that. And then I watched the rest of the scene and I was like, oh, wow, I guess, I guess Cole did fuck up. Then I checked my phone. And a guy I've gone to high school with uh, replied to my story, and he's like, "We need your hot take on Zenob and Cole's cutie scene. I think Zenob's exaggerating." And I went, "Oh my god, of course he thinks that. He's a man." And then I went, "Is she exaggerating?" And I went, "Oh my god, what does my reaction say about me? Am I projecting my own insecurities because men have said stuff like that to me in the past? Is Teeny Lewis fucking insecure after all? Holy shit. Like I started to do my own self work and I was like, what does this say about me? So of course I called Raph into the room and was like, babe, we need to rewatch this scene together. And I gave him some context and he kind of looked at me. He's like, why does he care what she's eating? And I'm like, hold up. Are you just saying that because we've had similar conversations? Like it was just like a really interesting exercise in self-awareness, right? And the more I thought about it, I was like, okay, okay. He did say, save your appetito. Like he was kind of being like jokey. And I was like, wow, Teeny, what a journey you just took yourself on. Then I opened TikTok and I was like, holy shit. The internet's not divided right now. Like the internet is take justice for Cole. Remember everybody? Um, so... I think it's safe to say that TikTok, like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, play is like <laughs> the supporting actor here, right? Because it just goes to show how heavily influenced you can be to change your opinion or be too scared to have an opinion or to go with the masses because it's hot to have an opinion. It's hot to stand in your truth. And I was like, no, that was my initial reaction. But now I see how it could have been taken out of context. I see how she jumped to the negative. I see how she used her pain to contradict. I see how he clearly meant nothing by it. And I'm like, damn, damn, we're all divided over this. And it's just like been a really interesting thing um, to unpack. So <laughs> let's get to my actual hot take about this scene that no one's even talking about. And it was when Cole, this is what I thought was the most problematic. If I'm being completely honest, he goes, are you just getting wedding bod ready? And he starts like gesturing downwards towards his like, like middle section and his ass. And I was like, huh, watch yourself there, buddy. Do not do that. And then I'm like, but again, have we gotten so woke and so sensitive as a society that we can't encourage wanting to obtain a certain body for your wedding th wedding day? Like, are we are men not allowed to comment on it? Part of me says yes. Part of me says no. It's like I'm so fucking divided because, again, podsters, again, if there's anything we've learned this year, two things can exist at once. And I think that is the exact 
you know, narrative that's being played here, right? They both just had two completely different experiences. He lacks emotional maturity and she was never actually honest with him. All to say, clearly Zay and the girls are standing by what she said in her experience because of what she posted on Instagram. And she's uh, saying that so much went on behind closed doors and when the cameras weren't rolling. And again, we're just really going to never know. And I did see a TikTok from Natalie from season two, RIP, nobody cares about season two, but she was like, you know, we'll just never know the truth. And I know that being on the show, we'll just never know the truth because, because there's a lot that we don't see. So I really can't form my opinion is what she said. And honestly, like there, there's definitely some truth to that. And I'm like, damn, that's the thing. I don't want you guys to think I don't have an opinion. I, I gave you all of my opinion. I, I gave you my initial reaction to the scene and everyone. And I've unpacked each couple. Hold up. Hold up. <laughs> Before we wrap this up, nothing would be complete without a little attention on SK and Raven and their love story. These two make zero sense, but I am so incredibly tuned in and obsessed with them and rooting for them like you guys don't even know. Him sitting there in full bedazzled Nigerian garb and her in her like stilettos, it was like sending me. I fucking live for it. I love it. And the one thing that Raven did say during the reunion that I love, uh, they aired her talking shit about Nancy and her response was like, she kind of talks about it a little bit and then she went, it's the growth for me. And I love that. She's recognizing her growth and how she watched herself on national television say shitty things about another person. And she's like, damn, I shouldn't have done that. I'm so sorry, Nancy. We've moved past it and it's the growth for me. And I love that. And that was like the worst thing she did in in comparison to what everybody else did. It was nothing. But I love that she owned it in that moment. And uh, she clearly learned something by watching (laughs) this train wreck. Of a, of a fucking season or an edited masterpiece, however you want to slice it. SK falling asleep at the reunion. Like, is there anything else that we need to learn or that anything else that needs to be said at this point? That is the real lesson here. How humbling because none of this truly fucking matters. And here he is to, to remind us all. He's like, I'm sorry, don't I have like a second master's degree to get? World peace? Cure for cancer? Anyone? I'm gonna fall asleep while you guys all talk about the, the Clementine saga of 2022. It's just, it's truly just so good. And with that, I'm gonna take a little advice from SK and retire this Love is Blind saga. Until all of you message me about this episode and we can talk about it further. But I, I'm just dying to know what you guys think. I'm dying to know if you agree with some of my points. Uh, let's talk about it. Let's fucking, let's, uh, let's not retire the spiral. Here we go. Self-awareness. We're not retiring the spiral because there are so many people who still need to watch the season. Every second TikTok on my TikTok is about this. And it's just so wild that I spent the last hour of my life talking about it. But honestly, it was really fun. Like I kind of enjoyed reviewing pop culture, if you will. So if you enjoyed this episode or you didn't, please feel free to leave an honest review. Okay. Share it with a friend who loves Love is Blind and uh, make sure to subscribe and follow me on Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to podcasts. I love you guys so much. Thank you for supporting the show. Have a great fucking weekend and you're going to hear from me soon.